You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the 14th Annual Conventions of Christians United for Israel. Just occurred this past week in Washington, D.C. As many of our uh, longtime listeners know, we actually were at the second annual Christians United for Israel event, and it's a big love fest for Israel, and there were many dignitaries, including the Vice President uh, Mike Pence of the United States, the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the National Security Advisor John Bolton, and we want to talk about these and some other events, and so I'm going to turn this over to Craig Hansen, who actually was at the convention watching the live streaming. He wasn't physically there, but the event was live streamed. Now, some interesting side notes here. Kupi now claims 7 million members, but their YouTube site only has 5,800 subscribers. That's kind of an interesting fact. So, Craig. Well, thank you, Tom. Kufi Summit 2019, A Narrative of Lies. I chose that title for tonight's presentation because it really was impossible for me to watch Christians United for Israel Summit in Washington, D.C. That was just held on July 8th and 9th without all the facts that I've learned through the years about Christian Zionism as just screaming at me. That's not right. That's a lie. Yeah, that's not what the Bible teaches. You know, and I could just feel my blood pressure go up as I'm watching this thing. So, um, I thought I'd start tonight by giving you what I saw as the narrative that John Hagee and company were trying to sell to the uh, 5,000 plus attendees there of the conference and by extension to all Christians around the world. It goes something like this. There was a man thousands of years ago named Abraham that God singled out for a blessing. God promised Abraham that his descendants would be like the sand of the sea God promised him, and by extension his lineage, that all who blessed him, God would bless. And whoever would come against the house of Abraham, God personally would curse. This God-given promise or covenant was a unilateral covenant made by God to Abraham, and that would, it would last forever. And since it was unilateral, it didn't require anything of Abraham or his descendants. They have a God-given right to all the land that was promised to Abraham. Israeli Jews today are not occupiers in the land. They are the owners. So if you want God's blessing in your life, support Israel in any way you can. And that's, that's really kind of it in a nutshell, what they were presenting. And all the speakers, to some degree, followed John Hagee. They trotted out the same line with just minor variations. Here are some of the quotes from John Hagee. The theme, supposedly, at the beginning was called, Why Israel? You know, why should we be supporting Israel as a nation? So I'll just give you about three at the beginning that just really got me. Supporting Israel is not a political issue, but a biblical issue. 
there was one. Israel is the only nation created by a sovereign act of God. That was another one. And here's another one. The borders of Israel are recorded in the Bible. No other nation can make that claim. And so he, he goes he goes on and on. And one person that I talked to said she could only listen to a few minutes of the Kufi before uh, she got nauseated. Knowing what we know, it's, I thoroughly agree with that. One of the most egregious lies, misquoting of scripture, and it just really put me over the top. Hagee goes on and he misquotes Romans 15:27, which talks about Christians providing aid to the Jews materially because the Jews have provided spiritually to us. And he takes it and basically makes it into an idea that all Christians need to materially support all the Jews, i.e. Israel. And you look in the passage in Romans 15, and it's talking about Paul gathering a donation among the Gentile saints, Gentile believer Christians, to take to the believers in Jerusalem. This is for the believers who were mostly Jewish at that time. It had nothing to do with supporting the Jewish people and on and on. But Hagee, Hagee made a big deal about that one. That was, that was something. One thing that was kind of fun, watching the conference live gave me access to the live chat room, which was really highly entertaining. So as Mike Pence was talking and so forth, uh, the different people were, were typing in their comments and so forth. And there were two contributors on the YouTube channel I wish we could get on We Hold These Truths Speaks Out, a guy named Holden Caulfield and another guy going by the uh, title of Soap Water. And their comments during Mike Pence's presentation were great. One of them was, the U.S. rescued Jews in World War II, and now we pay an annual ransom. I thought that was pretty clever. Revelation 3.9, the synagogue of Satan. Israel is ripping off the U.S. more than NATO. Jerusalem is Babylon. Schofield Bible is trash. Judaism is a false religion, and remember the USS Liberty, things like that. And the response from the other people that were typing away, all they could do was name call. They called these guys uh, satanic, need to get saved, need to repent, and just all these ad hominem attacks. So, Chuck, like you said at the the very beginning, this was a political rally. This is not a Bible study. This is nothing other than a political rally to support the nation-state of Israel. No question about that. And uh, Tom, like you mentioned, the big name speakers, Vice President Mike Pence, National Security Advisor John Bolton, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Holocaust survivor Irving Roth, he told his story to him. It's really kind of interesting because I'd never heard his story. He was 14 years old when he and his brother and family got uh, taken into Auschwitz, supposedly, and then onto Buchenwald after that. They were from Slovakia. And he makes this point that when they got hauled away from their town, that the city magistrates or whatever, they just sold off their possessions and their homes and all the materials. So when they got released and the Americans freed uh, Roth from uh, Buchenwald and he got to go back, everything was gone. It had been sold. And he was just bemoaning the fact that how terrible that was. And as he's telling this, all I could think of is the Palestinians that still have the keys to their homes that have been stolen by the Israelis and the homes that have been devastated and bulldozed under Israeli occupation. And so it's like, how can you say these things about your own past and mourn over them and not mourn over what these Israelis have done to the Palestinians? But anyway, that's a side note. 
U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danon, he spoke. U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, he was the one that said just a few weeks ago, Israel is on God's side. So that was his great comment. Prager University, Dennis Prager spoke. And I've really enjoyed some of the Prager U pieces that you can find on YouTube. They're very thoughtful and there's good value things in there. But when it comes to Israel and Zionism, you know, he's totally over the top on that. He conflates anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism, and that became a major theme throughout the whole conference. And he said that Jews have a right to the nation. And people, anybody that's against Israel are really against Jews, you're against Jesus, you're against America, you're against freedom, and ultimately you're against God. He was really strong on that. Something that I hadn't known that much about, the Taylor Force Act, and it was sponsored by this uh, Senator Roy Blunt, Republican from Missouri. He spoke, and this uh, Taylor Force Act stops any aid to the Palestinian authorities. And it, it supposedly, it stops aid to the Palestinians because they were killing innocent civilians. And I'm, I'm listening to this, and it was just like the Irving Roth thing again. Okay, how many innocent Israelis are killed by Palestinians, how many innocent Palestinians are killed by Israelis. If you're going to make that the standard, then I think all aid to Israel should be cut off because they're definitely you know, killing innocent civilians. So anyway, Senator Roy Blunt said he was going to make an effort to read through the Old Testament this year. And I, I thought, well, that's, that's a good place to be because that's where your theology lies. Senator Tim Scott, I'd never seen him before. He's an African-American uh, senator from South Carolina, and he gave the battle cry, stand with Israel because it's God's will. He kind of sounded like a black pastor in his presentation, but he did say something right. And this is, I was surprised that he, he said this. He says, we are the hands and feet of the risen Savior. And I was just kind of shocked when I heard that because I don't know how that got through the, the filters because it really lifted up Jesus and recognized that we as Christians are truly his hands and feet and we should be representing him into the world. And so I thought, oh, that was kind of a good thing. Paul Teller, he's a Jewish legislative analyst in the White House. He was a former chief of staff for Ted Cruz. Eric Stackelback, I think of a 700 Club fame, his comments were, if you hate the Jewish state, then you're an anti-Semite. And Hagee closed the event with these words. Any words of anti-Semitism are only fig leaves for bigotry. And then the, finally, his last comment, Christians are light unto the world, and Israel is the light unto the nations. So again, like, like I said, Chuck, this was totally a love fest for Israel. And that the sad part is that... Uh, over 90, I think it was like 98% of the attendees had appointments that good old Randy Neal, if you remember him from our Kufi gatherings, he and his staff set up these legislative meetings and appointments with all these 5,000 plus people to meet with their congressmen and senators, probably just staffers, but at least they set up the meetings. So all these people were energized by this you know, 10 or 12 hours of the presentations and then went out back to Capitol Hill. So that's the sad part. That's the things that we have to figure out how to deal with because these staffers, they're hearing these people and that's a marching force. And several times through the conference, they just reiterated, you're the foot soldiers on the ground. Things are taking place because you're making a stand. So that is the battle cry. And uh, that's my comments on the summit. Thanks, Craig. One thing I want to ask 
I did notice at one point, as we pointed out in the past, very rarely is the name Jesus invoked in in Christians United for Israel. However, I did notice at one point John Hagee uh, referred to the Matthew 25, uh, verse 40, I believe it is, and the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Well, he inframed it with respect to Israel. So if you do something against the least of these brothers, these Israelis, never mind the Palestinians. And so that was his context, a Jesus moment, if you will, (laughs) during the proceedings there. Yeah, I would just like to say that anybody that's listening to this, go to True News and look up the episode where Rick Wiles goes over this Kufi summit. He's pretty inflammatory in the rhetoric towards John Hagee, and I think rightfully so, but it really lays it out, and there's some video clips of uh, what they pulled out of there. One thing I wanted to make a few comments about Secretary Mike Pompeo's talk. He claims to be a Christian. He's certainly, if he is one, he's a Christian Zionist, and he, uh, as he got introduced, the crowd was chanting, USA, USA. And he went on, gave a little uh, about how U.S. theologians like Blackstone around in the early 20s helped convince President Wilson to accept the Balfour Agreement given to the Rothschilds to enable the formation of a uh, Israeli state. And he castigated Iran. And one of of the interesting things, which is no doubt, but this is really how they twist things so beautifully here. He talked about the problems with Christians in the Middle East. And so, for example, he said in Iraq before 2003, there was about 1.5 million Christians in Iraq. And now there are about 250,000. Well, if you believe that was due to to ISIS and what happened. But of course, that was our illegal war in Iraq yes. that created the refugees and, and the killing of Christians there. So uh, he basically has laid all the guilt elsewhere, not at the mm-hmm. feet of the United States. And of course, he challenged Iran as being religious bigots and being very much against people converting Christianity. But, of course, on the other hand, he didn't mention anything about Saudi Arabia, who even lops heads off for relatively minor offenses. So, you know, it it is all about uh, building up this hatred towards Iran that was carried on by the likes of the National Security Advisor John Bolton in his remarks there. And he related the story in the book of Esther, where the Jews are saved by Queen Esther, and they celebrate Purim, where they got to kill their enemies. We won't go into the story. But anyway, it's very interesting. And then, of course, he ended up with uh, that same notion that Craig has mentioned, that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, full stop, he said. Mm -hmm. Tom, what you said there, that this really was a war cry for a war against Iran. That was loud and clear through the different speakers, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Bolton, all these guys. 
when Marco Rubio was talking, you know, he's fighting the BDS. I think he was probably the champion of that. But he talks about Israel, and he says, number one, it's a pro-American democracy, and number two, it has strong moral principles. And I'm going, strong moral principles, hmm. Let's see, what is he talking about? Is he talking about you know, Tel Aviv as the gay capital? Is he talking about free abortion? Is he talking about killing innocent Palestinians? Which moral principle is he talking about? Because I somehow missed that one. Anyway, my bias is showing there a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> one comment that Marco Rubio made, and it, to me it's, it's very chilling. Uh, he said, we can't live with Iran. Yeah. So how does that get fleshed out? Does that mean yeah. we blow them to kingdom come? Do we let Israel do the first strike and then we clean it up? That is really scary. That is where they're going. That's what they mean. The only thing that will stop them is resistance. And uh, it's got to be broad scale because just as they did to Iraq, they'll do to Iran only worse this time. <laughs> but John yeah. Hagee would say it's okay to blow up Iran because Jesus is going to rapture us out. Oh, yeah. Well, that He's convinced. Well, well, thanks so much, Craig. That was really a good analysis. And again, uh, we're so glad that there are other people now challenging it. Like I said, we were there in 2007, their national convention. And so they are getting more pressure. More people are becoming aware of the notion of Christian Zionism. Thanks for bringing up this notion and the summary here of what Craig and Tom talked about was that Jesus was not at this meeting. I didn't hear any mention of Jesus' name. And we've found this to be a characteristic of every goofy meeting that we've ever listened in on, which is why we don't go to them. Uh, generally speaking, uh, what they are for completely flies in the face of everything Jesus spoke about. And therefore, Jesus just doesn't get mentioned in their meetings. Craig, do you have any uh, Response to that, did you, how many times did you hear Jesus' name proclaimed in some constructive way where they actually talked about what Jesus actually stood for? Well, it was interesting, uh, Chuck, because it definitely was more than I'd ever heard in the past. Nothing from Hagee's mouth, per se, but it's, it's from, from the speakers. And so that, I thought, was much better than it has been in the past. Were they in context? Did they actually well, like that Jesus said, such as blessed are the peacemakers? And of course not. That won't be there at all. You know, the bottom line is that you cannot support Christian Zionism from the New Testament. It's, it's impossible to do that. And these people know that, so they always go back to the Old Testament and their favorite scriptures and just take, like I, I, I talk about the Bible being a flat book, that they can just grab a verse here and grab a verse there and it doesn't make any difference. There's a reason why Paul talks about if there wasn't a problem with the old covenant, there wouldn't be a new covenant. He makes it clear that the old covenant was flawed. Well, if the old covenant is flawed, why in the world are you dragging stuff out of that all the time to make a case for Israel? And so that's kind of one of my biggest beefs. But yes, to answer your question, Chuck, I, there's only a couple times. And I don't know if Jesus' name it was it, maybe two or three times, but most of the time it was like it's our Savior, the, our Lord, something like that. But uh, Jesus' name does not get much press. Craig, I have a question. Sure, if the Jews did not recognize Jesus Christ as God's son, that he was a prophet, he was a teacher, my question would be, why would they raise his name? Why would they even mention his name? He was not the son of God in their eyes. He was just a prophet. He was a teacher. Correct? Right. right. Well, these, the people that said this were not Jews. 
these were these were uh, Christians united for Israel. So these people that said anything about Jesus were the Christians united for Israel. Of course, the the, the Jewish spokesmen, okay. of course, they didn't mention you know uh, Jesus the Savior, none of that Messiah, zip, you know, on that because that doesn't fit their narrative at all. My concern, guys, with hearing and feeling the tenor of what was being spoken here, by especially by the powerful representatives and political figures that were speaking, is that I don't see a problem with not too far down the road that what we're doing right now will be illegal. Speaking out against Israel is going to be considered like they're pushing it. Anti-Semitism is hate speech. One of the comments that I saw in the chat room, the guys were writing in, it kind of struck me at first, and they go, Christians have no allies. And I, I thought about that for a second, and I go, you know, that's kind of interesting. You know, uh, just, just to think about that, is that, you know, we owe our allegiance to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when things come down, it's like, was it Peter? You decided whether I uh, obey man or whether I obey God. I'm going to choose to obey Jesus and take the consequences. Craig, you want to wrap us up with a prayer? Okay. Lord Jesus, we submit ourselves to you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You've heard what we've been talking about today, and we talk about so much that does not represent you, all this the warmongering, and when you are the Prince of Peace. Please show us how to be ambassadors to this world, to share your good news that many people will come to see that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.